0: Flying Coach is back for a second season. Peter Schrager and Rams head coach Sean McVay are joined by guests from around the sports and entertainment world. They're discussing the latest NFL news, telling stories from their careers, and breaking down games from their unique perspectives. Check out Flying Coach Season 2 on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
0: It
2: is the Ring Run NFL Show, part of the Ring Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Carr, joined today by Danny Kelly and a newcomer to the Ring Run NFL Show Universe, Stephen Ruiz of USA Today's For the Win. What's going on, Stephen?
3: I'm going to be honest with you. When you DM'd me, last, I think it was last week about coming on uh-huh. here, you said, Slid you want to do the... Slid in. You did. <laughs> you said, do you want to be on the pod with me and DK? And I was like, for some dumb reason, I was like, oh, DK Metcalf's going to... I think he was on <laughs> <Yeah>, the <that>. Newsday.
2: <laughs> it was a three-man weave. <laughs> and then and then Sorry DK just Metcalf canceled. Yeah. And Danny Kelly was sliding in.
3: No, my my, my plan is gonna be just treat Danny like he is DK Metcalf yeah. like what about that uh that route you ran against J- Jalen Ramsey right. back in
2: week 17. Oh, that's Right great. like the uh the Alleg bit where he has all these questions for Gore Vidal <laughs> that are actually for Vidal Sassoon. That's great. The shampoo brand. It's just keep just keep rolling with it and we're gonna be fine. Um so yeah it is Danny Kelly not DK Metcalf. Well the DK Metcalf has been on this podcast and on Soul Newsday. Um we're going to have, it's the sequel to what we did a couple of weeks ago. Steven, uh, our guest on the AFC over-unders uh, was Doug Kide, who was in a Six Flags parking lot while he spoke. And so the fact that you're indoors uh, in a home with a computer is already an upgrade. Even though we love Doug, uh, the situation is, is uh, I mean, you could, you could at some point, I guess, go into a Six Flags parking lot over the course of the next hour. But I think you're going to stay indoors.
3: No, this is actually the King's Dominion back office <laughs> that I'm in right now. That was the only uh, other you, amusement park I could I could pull off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Um, all right. So it's NFC over-unders. It's it's really straightforward. Uh, we got some really... Steven, you're a Panthers fan. Is that correct? Unfortunately, so, yes. So we, I can't wait to go through that. That's part of Darnold. the reason we had you yes. on. Uh, Danny Kelly's upset that the Packers are off the board because of Aaron Rodgers, but we're going to go through all of these different <laughs> possibilities. It's going to be really fun. We will start with the NFC East. And we're going alphabetical, which means we will start with the Dallas Cowboys. Steven Ruiz, 9.5 over under. I'm going to go under, and I have some
3: some analytics for you. I actually looked this up. I I did some prep work for this spot. They've gone under (laughs) 12 out of the last 19 years. In other other circumstances, I would think that doesn't matter because who cares what happened in the past. But with the Cowboys, I think it does matter because it speaks to the value Vegas puts on these lines because they know Cowboys fans are going to bet on the Cowboys. So I'm going to take under, I think it's 9.5. And my biggest reason is why do we think
2: Dan Quinn is going to make this defense so much better? And that's the thing, right? So that's the question. That's the only question because we know what Dak Prescott is. Obviously the offensive line, is not what it was a handful of years ago, whatever, but we know there's at least a floor with the offense. Okay. They're going to be pretty good. I mean, I think we all remember that Dak Prescott was still in the top 10 in passing yards well after he was at out for the year. I mean, there's, there, he can put up volume stats. There, there is uh, at least a core competency there. The defense is the question. That's why they rearranged their entire draft to, to fill these holes. Danny, I want to ask you, between Micah Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, <clears throat> um, their, their third round guys, Chauncey Golson, whomever, are there guys where you say, okay, this is these guys are enough to to make this defense into a a double-digit win defense? Uh,
1: I don't know. I I, I don't think it I personally don't think that they're gonna go from being horrific to average or above average. I think they might okay. be slightly better than they were last year, but again, I, I'm kind of with Steven on this one. I just don't know if they're gonna be good enough to to realistically change the fortunes of the cowboys and i mean look at what the cowboys did early on in the season like they were putting up absurdly good offense like 500 600 yard games yeah and it still wasn't good enough and so like i guess you have to ask is this team gonna number one be that good on offense again i think it'll be really good on offense again but i don't even are they gonna be that good we'll see there could be some regression there on offense. And then like the defense, I think they'll slightly be better, but I'm also kind of leaning under when I saw the nine and a half under over under, I thought it's, it felt a little high. I thought nine games might, might be more realistic. Um, if that. And so, yeah, maybe it is like just this national thing where, um, people are more bullish on the Cowboys every year than, than other teams for just the fact that they're the Cowboys. Um, But yeah, I'm going under and I don't think the defense is going to be significantly better. I don't even know if it'll be average. I think long run, you know, guys like Trevon Diggs, I think Kelvin Joseph has a ton of talent. So does Michael Parsons, but I don't know if necessarily they're going to be significantly um, better or
2: impactful this year. So I'm still pretty worried about this defense. Okay, so I'm with Steven in this regard that there's a lot of casual fans who flood into Vegas or now any of these apps. And bet on the Cowboys because they like betting on the Cowboys, same as many other teams across across sports. Uh, I think that Dan Quinn, well, not I mean, no one's going to confuse him with 1985 Buddy Ryan here, but. Dan Quinn is a significantly better defensive coach than than Mike Nolan. I think Mike Nolan was like historically like within the era of of sort of modern football was was really really bad and not equipped to hold many jobs across the NFL, let alone defensive coordinator for a, a team that that had high expectations. So I actually think there's going to be some addition by subtraction. I also think you know it is funny because I was actually just reading Seth Galina's college football uh, preview guide. It's really really good, but I went to Miami and he ripped the Miami secondary. And there's no evidence that the Miami secondary going can be any better than it was last year. And so, but just as a pure fan, I was like, oh, he doesn't know the talent they've got on the defense. And I, I was like, oh, wait, I'm doing the thing now that I make fun of, which is there's no evidence that they're going to get better, but it feels like they're going to get better because there's some <laughs> talent there. There's a Micah Parsons. They've invested in it. And so I think with the offense, I actually disagree. him I do think they can be that good on offense. Mm. I do think they can be good enough for to carry a Mediocre defense and and mediocre is the exact word they need to be. I think they can get to 10 wins with a C defense. And that's why I think it's going to be slightly over. Uh, all right, let's move on. New York giants seven. Danny Kelly. So, I don't know if you listened to the AFC one, Steven, but Danny Kelly kept saying, oh, I wish I could say push, which is the entire reason Vegas sets these lines. It <laughs> just means they're good at setting these I it, lines. I said it one time, I think. Come I on. think you said it 16 <laughs> times. I think okay. is what you said. Uh, Danny Kelly, New York Giants seven.
1: <sighs> I'm going under. I don't think the Giants are going to be very good. I think that it, it all depends on kind of what Daniel Jones does this year. If he takes a big leap, then yeah, they'll, be, they'll win more than seven games. Um, Do I think that's very likely? Uh, Not really. I mean, I I don't know. I'm still just kind of like wondering, you know, how this is all going to work together. I think their defense will probably be solid. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you look at what Daniel Jones did last year, man, just like turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. It was just so problematic. Um, I want to say he threw like, Twelve, 13, what, what was like twelve touchdowns in sixteen games or something ridiculous? Like it was, it was just really, really bad what they did offensively. I know that they've added to that group and and they're really trying to make a push on that side of the ball. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where this could end up being like a Carson Wentz situation where you keep expecting him to make a big jump and then it just doesn't ever happen. So I'm going with what I think are it's better odds that Daniel Jones is just not going to be an elite quarterback. Um, if he does turn out to be really good and has like that Josh
2: Allen-esque jump, then mm-hmm. I'll eat my words. But I, I think it's more likely not going to happen. I do enjoy the idea of a Carson Wentz situation happening without any of the good parts. <laughs> right. Oh, he was Carson Wentz, except there was never actually any, any evidence. There was play. never an MVP oh. thing that happened. Yeah.
3: My question was going to be, what is a Daniel Jones leap look
1: like?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. That is so, a great question. Daniel qualifies. Jones leap,
1: so actually um, now I'm looking it up. He had 11 touchdown passes in 14 <laughs> games. So like
3: 17 touchdowns
1: is
2: and not, <laughs> and not fumbling every time he gets sacked. Yeah, that, no, I think
1: that that really is the deal. It's it's cutting down on turnovers because he had 10 interceptions and then cutting down on fumbles. He's just incredibly fumble prone. Um, I think he's got like physical talent, obviously, and and yeah. um, we were having I think similar like conversations about Josh Allen prior to last year about how physically gifted guy you know he's big he's got a good arm he can run just incredibly insanely inaccurate that's never going to change you know we could never get over that and then all of a sudden he did he got like really accurate I don't know where the hell that came from that's very very rare he's certainly the outlier so again that's why I'm like basically saying I think it is in the realm of possibility that Daniel Jones Turns into a a better quarterback than we think he is right now. But I think it's more likely, the odds are that he's not going
2: to. I tend to agree with that. I'm actually going over on this. I think they win eight games this year. I think the Giants are okay. I actually like Joe Judge. I think he showed some positive development um, going forward. Uh, I just don't think this roster is very talented. Steven, who's the best player on the Giants? Is it Saquon Barkley? It's probably him, but. Or Leonard Williams. He's the running back.
3: Right. James Bradbury, maybe?
2: Yeah, I was thinking that maybe he's up there.
3: Yeah, he's up but there. I, I think I'm going to go over and I'm like pessimistic on Daniel Jones and more specifically, <laughs> yeah, I'm too. pessimistic about his relationship with Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator, not like their personal relationship. Just those right. two together is like sitcom level, funny, odd couple because <laughs> Jason Garrett, I think he comes from the air Corps tree, So like you want deeper drops, hold mm-hmm. the ball get the ball downfield. The longer Daniel Jones holds the ball, the worse things happen. You don't mm-hmm. want Daniel Jones holding the ball more than like two or three seconds. So I think that's an issue. The draft pick of uh, Kadarius Tony is just, was just hilarious to me. Like Jason Garrett getting the most out of this ultra modern <laughs> wide receiver slot hybrid, whatever you want to call them, all the buzzwords. And I just don't know how that works. If he's playing like two tight ends and like I form every, every other down. So you put all this together. I think the defense is going to be solid. But the offense, yeah. it, and that's what matters. The offense has to be good. I don't see it even being good. So I don't know why I'm going over, what was it, seven wins? But I think seven wins. they're as good as they were last year. And that was an 8-8, eight and 8-9 eight, eight and nine team. I, I got to get used to the new records.
2: But yeah, yeah, eight wins we're feels all, we're right. we right. used to that. A hundred percent. I feel I'm with you in that I'm picking over and I don't know why I'm doing it. It's just like the most anti-analytic feeling I've ever had. Just like, yeah, that seems like an eight-win team. Uh, but I think we're we're in agreement on that. All right. Philadelphia Eagles 6.5. So we have no editorial stance as a podcast um, on the Eagles because Danny was hyping up Jalen Hurts a couple weeks ago. I bought into it. And then we had uh, George Chihuri and Eric Eger on two weeks ago. And their favorite bet of the year is Eagles with the worst record in the league. So we're all over the place on the Eagles. So we now have to make a stand. We'll start with you, Stephen. Eagles
3: 6.5. This team stinks. I'm going to make a strong stand. Now, uh, no, I I like Jalen Hurts, like the idea of Jalen Hurts. I just don't know how it's going to look in this offense in year one with a new coach. And I kind of had to keep reminding myself that they have a new coach. Like in my mind, like Doug Peterson is still there just chilling, just yeah. calling offense.
2: But yeah, they have Nick new Sirianni coach. is now the play caller under Doug Peterson.
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh, and i that's what it feels like.
3: I looked at the depth chart earlier today and i was like trying to come up with a scenario in my mind in which this works and i just couldn't come up with it like maybe the defensive line like turns it back to 2017 they just sack everyone but if that doesn't happen the defense is going to be a disaster i think and they have a first year defensive coordinator too first year offensive play caller i just how does this work how does this work out i'm with you danny
1: so i'm going over
2: yes yes
1: sticking to my guns i guess uh, but I, I definitely so like
2: tell us how it works. It maybe even I don't know I went,
1: how it works. Maybe it's just because I went under on the, the first two teams. Like someone has to win games in this division right. <laughs> or whatever. But do they? Uh, I feel like the NFC East <laughs> has proven that no, no one has to win. games. <laughs> um, so here's here's a couple of reasons. Number one, if you're looking at I'm looking at sharp football stats for the 2021 strength of schedule based on forecasted win totals from Vegas. And the Eagles have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. Now, part of that is probably because they're playing in this division. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I just think that would help things. And then I just think everything that could have gone wrong for the Eagles last year did. Like they had, you know, there was clashing in the front office and the coaching staff, Mm -hmm. the quarterback situation. Carson Wentz was as bad as you can get at quarterback in every way, pretty much. Um, Jalen Hurts came into a situation where, you know, he didn't have any good receivers. He, his offensive line was completely banged up. Uh, you know, there again, like the there was just nothing going right. So I think that if they get their offensive line back and things, and they can manage to stay a little bit more healthy, which is always a big question, but um, you know, if they can do that, if they can get their offense going a little bit under Hurts. I think he can light like light a like a fire under them a little bit, and um, I think that will help a lot. I, do I think this is a really good team? No, but I think that. I think they can get over 6 wins. I think they can I think this is a 7 and 10 team.
2: Are we sure the front office and coaching staff clashing is going to end?
1: I mean, didn't they, they pick Sirianni,
2: right? They picked Sirianni. I know, I know that. But I'm just saying maybe it's just <laughs> we've read some things. Maybe it's just maybe there's some just problems there that that are going to take more than a couple of months to to overcome. There are obstacles there. Uh, I'm going under. I agree. This team stinks. Great, great phrasing, Stephen. Um, I just don't see a lot of <laughs> rush mistake. talent there. There, I don't see a lot of rush talent there. Uh, they have some guys, like you said, uh, especially on the defensive line on the defense, that could possibly throw it back. Um, and other than that, I just don't. I just don't like where they're at. And I think it's one of the most interesting falls from grace from having the most talented roster in football four years ago to now. Uh, and, you know, I think that there's just, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And and I think that's a different podcast on what happened to the Eagles, but it, it is, th- there's a lot of work to do. Uh, football team
3: 8.5,
2: Steven Ruiz. Ooh, I'm going, I'm going over.
3: And I'm not like a Ryan Fitzpatrick believer by any means compared to like the rest of the internet, but <laughs> I just look at the defense, the defensive line in particular. And I think this, st- improvements to the secondary and I don't I don't see how this defense doesn't finish top five and top five in this division I think is enough if the offense is just okay and yeah. comparing uh, them to what they were last year with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback starting week one I think they're going to be okay
2: Danny
1: yeah I'm I'm going over also like exactly what Steven said it's the defense gives them an incredible foundation I think it's gonna be one of the best defenses in the NFL and their offense, I think, could take a pretty significant jump. I mean, you're going from really like th- one of the least dynamic offenses in the NFL last year in terms of like their ability to push the ball downfield. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin, I think, is a very good receiver. I think he could be a guy that takes a jump this year with with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to him. Like Fitzpatrick has always been much more aggressive, throw the ball down the field, like his averaged up the target, all that. I think yep. that Curtis Samuel... um, you know, maybe not a star, but he's he's definitely gives them something that they didn't have at the, like the number two spot last year at receiver. Um, I think we could see a jump from Antonio Gibson to get more involved in the passing game. He's explosive player. You know, overall, just I think they're really solid. And I think as long as as long as Fitzpatrick doesn't sort of just melt down, and I mean, we've seen him throw a lot. Like we've seen him, we've seen him melt bad. We've seen some pretty bad like picks over his career. But I think as long as he doesn't just push like too hard and, and sort of melt down or whatever, just do what he
2: does, um, then I think this will be a pretty good team. So I'm going over. I remember being in a press conference a few years ago and someone said, you know, Ryan, you've, you've thrown five interceptions in a game. And he said, excuse me, no, six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at least he's got a sense of humor about it. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I see, and I, listen, offense is always more consistent than defense. Don't, don't tweet at me. But I see the Washington defense in the front seven almost in the same way I see the Cowboys offense because we know they're going to be good. And we know the investments that they've made. We know there's a floor because of it. So then it comes down to how well the other side of the ball can do. And I'm of the theory that actually there's more evidence of the Washington football team offense is going to be good than the Cowboys defense is going to be good. And so I, I'm, I'm going over here. I think it's going to be really close just because of the quarterback situation uh, and the infrastructure. I think it's really close to wins this division, but I think football team and, and Dallas are, are, are both over. Uh, all right, NFC South, this is a, a mess of a division, and we're going to be all over the map here because there's just so many changes and, and so many the states, the, all these franchises are in, are in such different places. We'll start with the Atlanta Falcons, 7.5. Steven?
3: I'm, I'm going to go over. Okay. And that's even after the Julio Jones trade. I think the Falcons are the team that we expect the Cowboys to be in terms of bounce back. Mm-hmm. like I, I feel like the last two years people have kind of just assumed that it's been the defense holding them back and the offense with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Ridley it has been good like look at their roster but the defense by DVOA has been better the last two years than the offense that's how bad Dirk Cutter was at calling plays and they've replaced him with maybe one of the best play callers in the league I, it's hard to say after two years but I think Arthur Smith could have that type of effect even without Julio Jones with Ridley and uh, Pitts now and then the defense with Dean Pease coming in, he was the architect of that Titans defense that went on that playoff run. And I think he had a big role in that. You bring him in. I know the depth chart doesn't look good on that side of the ball, but he's a guy that I think his X's and O's are good enough to make up for that. And their defense could be like 16th in the league. That's like around what it was last year. Mm-hmm. So if the offense is fine and the defense is fine, I think this team can win eight games. Who
2: would you rather have? If you're, if you're a GM, Arthur Smith is your coach in a vacuum. Would you rather have for one season, the 2021 season, would you rather have Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill?
3: Oh, man. <laughs> uh,
2: I think I would still take Matt Ryan.
3: Ryan Tannehill is perfect for that offense because he is not afraid to take a sack. He will stand in the pocket, hold the ball until the defense is bearing down on him and throw it downfield. And I think you need that type of guy in that play-action-heavy type of offense but I think Matt Ryan can do that too. I don't think Matt Ryan's afraid in the pocket, and we saw what he was in this type of offense back in what was it, 2016, with mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. So I think I'll, I'll take Ryan right now. But I'm prepared to be wrong.
2: <laughs> We're all prepared to be wrong, buddy. Yeah. Welcome to the Ring NFL Show, uh, Danny. Same question: Ryan or Tannehill?
1: I think I lean. I, th- I think I lean Ryan, but it's close, and I think that really ha- that says a lot. Hey, about hey that's that's Tannehill. you like taking a push. You said Ryan.
2: Yeah, yeah I know. Going, I, I thought about that. I thought I'm going that.
1: Ryan, and the first thing that I thought of too was what, how Matt just Ryan. elite he was in that Shanahan yeah. offense, and and um, you know, like I think it'll be like a similarly styled thing here this this season, and so he could really have a good season. I think obviously I would have felt better about it before they traded Julio. Like I before they traded Julio, I was like Ryan Matt Ryan has a chance to actually go like scorched earth this this year. It's going to be really really good, but. Now I'm just like a little bit worried about I, Tannehill does have like the advantage. He's a little more mobile. He's a little more athletic, more dynamic. He can escape the pressure, things like that. Like Matt Ryan, I think is um, more dependent on like the offensive line and things like that. But I don't know. It's, it, it's close. Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's numbers the last few years, honestly, since he took over as starter in Tennessee is like top three, top four. And yeah. you can't say the same about Matt Ryan. Um, but Matt Ryan's been doing it longer. So, I guess, like, how how do you weigh that? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'd still lean Matt Ryan, but I think Tannehill's now in that discussion, and we're probably still not high enough on Tannehill, if that makes any sense. So, good fence sitting by me there.
2: (laughs) Over under on (sighs) 7.5. This one's
1: tough. This one's tough. So, their defense, honestly, I was looking at the DVOA from last year. They finished 14th. That's shocking to me. I, I, I was actually, like, maybe not even aware of that. And it's funny because, like, I'm really excited that they're almost exactly league average, but um, I think that that does give them, like, again, like just a little walking bit of around a the house,
2: just screaming, let's go, because they're 14th, <laughs> of league yeah. average, a foam, a
1: foam <laughs> finger with
3: 14 on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> league average DVOA. Yeah. So, Oh man.
1: I think I just I don't know. I think I'm going under. I still I don't know. I, I if before the Julio thing, I think their offense was gonna have give them a chance to be really competitive, but I, I still think there's number one, their division is really strong or could be really strong. Um obviously Tampa Bay's still there. The Saints I think are still a good team. Panthers are a bit of a wild card. I don't know. It just it seems like to me this is um what is the over under seven, six and a half, seven and a half. I think don't like try a to lower
2: two. it. Don't try to lower <laughs> it before giving your answer. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going under, too. But I also think that we will. We will feel good about this franchise after this season, um, if that makes sense. Win games are not supposed to stay in games, are not supposed to. That, that's my general vibe. Carolina Panthers, seven and a half. Yes. I'll let Danny start this one off because it's going to be emotional experience for Panthers fans. Stephen, did you grow up in North Carolina, Stephen?
3: No, I didn't. It was just random. I was just young when they first started, and I just picked yeah. them because they weren't Washington. That sounds... That's, that's yeah. Seven idea. and a half. Which is like buying like Amazon stock back in the day, Like not becoming a Washington fan, because I don't know how
2: people do that. Yeah, well, you could have picked... Let's, let's be clear. You could have picked a better team than Carolina. That's a good point, too. Yeah, but anything's not Washington. and it's, Anything that's not Washington's fine. Totally fine. Uh, Danny Kelly...
1: so I guess I still lean under on this team though I'll in in the big picture I'm I'm relatively bullish on them but I still think going to Sam Darnold could end up being looking like a big uh misstep for them um I think they have like the skilled players on offense to be really exciting obviously getting Christian McCaffrey back DJ Moore really good player Robbie Anderson underrated player I, I like their pick of Terrace Marshall um but is Sam Darnold going to elevate this offense much more than like you could have seen with, with Teddy Bridgewater. I kind of doubt it again. Like you have to go with like the odds. Like there is always the chance that Sam Darnold is an outlier. He's the next Ryan Tannehill. He gets out of the gay situation and all of a sudden he becomes good, but there's like no evidence that he is good mm-hmm. yet. You know, mm-hmm. um, other than like what we saw in Other college. than
2: that though. Other than that though. Other than I'm,
1: I like, I'm hopeful for him, honestly, because I like, the gay situation is legitimately yeah. like as bad as you can get. It
2: is as bad as you can
1: but, get. That's correct. But I just don't think the odds are very strong that he's going to be significantly better or, or a, a hit that he'll be significantly better than like what we got from Bridgewater last year, I guess is the, is the bottom line. So um, and their defense, I will say there's some talented guys on that. It's up and coming defense, but I don't know if they're, I think they're still probably a year away from being like a good defense.
2: So I'm going under. So with Darnold, Daniel Jeremiah came out with that statement. I think he said that if Darnold's talent were in this draft, he would go, if, if NFL evaluators looking at it, he would go like second or third or something like that. Right. Um, if, if, if he's available as long, uh, along with everybody else. You don't believe that? You think that? that no. Okay.
1: I disagree okay. on that.
2: Yeah. Um, Steven, 7.5 Carolina Panthers.
1: I'm going under.
3: And if anything, I, I thought Danny sounded optimistic that he even gave it, gave <laughs> it a chance. <laughs> And he gave it a chance that Sam Darnold is going to be good. Like, I feel like Ooh. even saying back in college he showed signs of being good is yeah. kind of an overstatement because at times he looked like a tight end playing quarterback, which is what he yeah. looks like now. <laughs> and let me say this about the Adam Gates.
2: So a lot of that going around, by the way. Tight end guys who, <laughs> right. who should be tight ends playing quarterback. They're, they're in Jacksonville.
3: But Let me say this about the Gates. From a clean pocket, Sam Darnold was bad. When he was throwing to open receivers, <laughs> yeah. he was bad. He was bad under Jeremy Bates. I don't think he was, like I said, I don't think he was that good in college. And the only thing he was good at, I think this is from the QB P- or PFF QB annual. He was really good at throwing swing passes, which is like how Adam Gase built his offense. Maybe Adam Gase built his offense to suit Sam Darnold's strengths. And that's, the, that's why we got that offense because Sam Darnold is that bad of a quarterback. Like we talked about Carson Wentz earlier, but like Carson Wentz's worst season is Sam Darnold every season, except for like <laughs> one stretch for a month. Right. So obviously I'm down on the Panthers.
2: Did we just get a, a Adam Gase maximize Sam Darnold take on because of swing passes?
3: <laughs> no, Adam Gase built around Sam Darnold, Darnold was saying. holding Gase back. Why don't we build
2: the whole plane around swing passes?
3: <laughs> no, Adam I Gase is it? a terrible coach. He's a terrible, co- a terrible offensive yeah. play caller. I'm not defending him, but I will say this like this, just the team building thing has made no sense over the last two years and case in point they let james bradbury walk who i just said was probably the best player on the giants who was probably a top five corner last year the money they could have used to sign him they signed teddy bridgewater and then this year they get rid of teddy bridgewater they trade for sam darnold and then they use their they pass on justin fields to draft a cornerback and they could have just used that money on James Bradbury and drafted Justin Fields this year. I hate this team. I hate everything about it. God,
2: I hate being a, a sports fan. <laughs> I hate being a sports fan is uh, a, good, a good way to end that. Uh, I'm also going under, I just, I don't know about the direction. I, I still, I, I don't feel as strongly that we'll feel good about the franchise as I do with Atlanta. Um, but I do, I do still have long-term hope. There's a reason that Matt Rule got a long-term contract. Things will be fine down there. I, I kind of. I'm high on David Tepper long-term. I'm just high on guys who clearly want want to win and and will spend to do so. I mean, I've said this before, but I remember someone in football telling me many years ago, uh, I mean, like five years ago, uh, that the first step towards winning a Super Bowl was wanting to win a Super Bowl. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's just a bunch of teams... Who were just like, yeah, we're good right now. Like we're just gonna, we're just gonna figure it out for two years, and then maybe in a couple of years we'll go for it. I mean, you could look at cash spending, you could look at a bunch of different teams, or you could look at there are teams that never go for it. Um, and I feel like David Tepper is the kind of owner who's going to say, okay, let's. Yeah, you know, he's already spending on practice facilities. I feel like he's going to be fine uh with, with cash spending and 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 all that. I, I feel like long term he's the kind of owner you want, even if the the program isn't there right now. Saints nine. Uh, Danny, we've done the debate on who's gonna be quarterback and what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but this is a uh, there's so many things that go into this this win total um and belief in the defense and Sean Payton and I you have to take at some level some leap uh, of faith in Jameis Winston to go over. Where are you?
1: I'm going over with them. I again I, I think that the defense is gonna be strong. I think like, the coaching staff is going to find ways to, you know, get the most of its players. I personally I think that Taysom Hill is going to end up being the starter. I don't know if he's going to start week one, but it's kind of like exactly the discussion we've just been having about like Darnold, about Daniel Jones. Like Darnold threw picks in college. He threw picks for the Jets. Is he going to like, is all of a sudden he going to stop like turning the ball over? Like, I think the same question is applicable for Jameis Winston. Like, I don't know if he can coach that out of him. And as soon as he starts throwing like two, three, four picks, you can't win with that, especially with the style that the Saints play. So, I personally just believe I don't like, we'll see what happens, but I, I believe that Taysom will end up being the starter. They'll be able to do enough stuff offensively with that. I didn't think Taysom was as bad as everybody made him out to be. I, I don't think he was like awesome or anything, but he was better than I expected, which is kind of saying a lot. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know if they're going to be an elite team, but I do think that they're just going to be a really solid team. I think 10 wins is with, well within the realm of possibility. So, nine feels low to me, honestly.
2: So the argument you and I had a couple of months ago was whether or not we felt like the Saints won as many games as they did last year because of Drew Brees or right. despite him. And right. that's that that gets to the heart of the matter. I think Drew Brees, I I listen, I don't I don't think he was Patrick Mahomes last year, but I do think that having Drew Brees over a turnover prone quarterback or quarterback who and I I hate to be kind of reductive here but Taysom Hill had more tackles than pass completions at the time he took over last year as starter Uh, that's (laughs) a stat okay like I don't I that's just there's there's just a a lack of a body of evidence he could do it over a full season right Um, he was fine in spurts I agree with you but I I, there's just a lot of questions for me and I I Mm -hmm. do think having Drew Brees back there um, almost like a Peyton Manning you know you only need to make four or five throws over the course of a, of a game, even though you can't do it anymore kind of thing. I, I felt like that was somewhat sustainable over a uh, 17, 20-game stretch, whatever it is. Uh, I don't think that the quarterback situation is now. So I'm going under. Uh, I have all the faith in the world in Sean Payton and that defense to, to at least be average. But I, when the question is quarterback, that's the biggest question of all. And I just can't go over when, when that's the question. Steven Ruiz, it's 9.
3: I agree with you. I'm going to go under for the same reason you're saying And I'm thinking back to the 2015 Broncos. Do they win that Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler instead of Peyton Manning? And Peyton Manning was not the quarterback by that point. I think it's a similar situation. And then turning it over, let's say they turn it over to Taysom Hill. Yes, he doesn't throw as many interceptions as Jameis, but he throws a decent amount of interceptions for the attempts he's made. And he fumbles. He fumbles the ball (laughs) more than Daniel Jones does. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes sacks at a ridiculously high rate. I think those issues, especially the sacks, are more detrimental to the offense, especially how Sean Payton's going to want to play it this year than interceptions downfield. So I think Jameis ends up starting and I like Jameis as the quarterback, but I think the rest of the team takes a step back. And even if Jameis is better, like aesthetically better than Drew Brees, I don't think that calm, not having that calming hand is going to hurt
2: this offense in the
3: like in the big picture.
2: I agree, and even I, I, even if Drew Brees couldn't throw more than eight yards down the field on a reliable basis, knowing what to do with the football is is a really hard trait to master. And he could do it even if he didn't have the physical tools. There's something to be said for that. All right, Bucks eleven. And a half. This one is is probably more interesting than I would normally think for a defending Super Bowl champion who brought everybody back. We'll start with you, Stephen.
3: Uh, I'm going to go over, and this is one of those things where I'm going to talk my, I'm going to talk like I'm going under, but I'm going to take the over because I'm a sucker. Oh, I think this classic is a su- hedge.
2: Oh yes,
3: it, that's exactly you're fitting, what it is. you're
2: fitting right in on this show, Stephen.
3: <laughs> But I think Vegas set this line like they did for a reason. But if you look at the Bucks roster, they are relying on some old guys. I don't know if you know this, but Tom Brady's in his 40s right now. <laughs> and he could fall off a cliff at playing any in moment. A golf tur- he's playing in a <laughs> golf
2: tournament tonight, Steve. That's classic retiree behavior.
3: Right. And this was the healthiest team in football last year. And I think it was yeah. by a wide margin. And that's probably not going to happen again. So I think this team could be better to start out the season than it was mm-hmm. at the same time last year and still end up losing more games than they did a year ago. So I'm going to take the over, but I think they could win, win only 11 games and still be a factor in the playoffs.
2: So I, I can't go under because I've made this argument for 18 months, which is that the the Bucks under Brady are always going to get better because no one wants to know wherever where everything is on a field where you know within he gets upset in the summer if his passes are an inch off and he wasn't able to work out with his guys last year and get that timing down get that rhythm and you know we heard so many stories I think I wrote a couple of them about about Peyton Manning doing extra work with his guys in 2013 and you know yelling at Emmanuel Sanders in Denver or whatever it was and I don't I think Brady is at this point is that times five, and the fact that he won a Super Bowl without mini camps last year, without real OTAs, without contact with a lot of his guys. Now, obviously, he was able to see some people, as we know from the the Byron Leftwich uh, house uh, anecdote, but he didn't have a full training camp. It was just uh, you know I, there there were times where I remember Jake Laser coming on the show a couple months ago, and he was saying you know these guys couldn't even have meals together. And there was a real lack of camaraderie in every locker room because a lot of the times, guys, much more than we think, they don't really care what team they play for. They don't really care what coach they play for. But a lot of times, they're just like, you know what? I like the dudes in my in my position group meetings. You know, I like these dudes. Like, we're doing it for ourselves. That happens a lot. I'm not saying Tampa Bay is like that, but I'm saying the NFL. A lot of times, when you talk about good chemistry, it's, it doesn't come from the coaches. It comes from from the locker room. And that was non-existent across the NFL last year. It was impossible to 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 produce chemistry. And the fact that Tom Brady was able to do it so quickly in a new environment, and now he's got a longer runway, to me, that I, I think they'll start ho- hotter than they did last year. I mean, they got the crap knocked out of them by, by New Orleans. Uh, they'll start hotter than they did last year, and they will win over. Danny Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the injuries thing is definitely
1: a really good point. And it's, you know, you often see teams that have the best injury luck uh, one year completely regressed the next year, and it's a huge, huge factor in any season. However, I think if Tom Brady stays healthy, this is still going to be a you know, 12, 11, 13 win team. I think there just has to be, like, if you look at what the Patriots did in the 2010s, the entire freaking decade, they never mm-hmm. lost. They never won fewer than 11 games in that whole stretch. I'm sure there was some injury, like, you know, variation in there. They probably had some. Worse years than others, um, but at the, at this point, I'm just like just done doubting what Tom Brady brings. Really, um, he's that good, and and this is a team with an elite roster with depth. And you know, I just look at like last year they had the it was the third ranked defense. No, sorry, they had the fifth ranked defense and the third ranked offense. Um, their special teams weren't very good, but like this is a really really balanced team. So I think they have the leeway. To have some injuries, obviously, if they have catastrophic injuries, that changes the discussion. But they have the leeway to have more injuries this year and still be an elite team, if that makes any sense. And I think Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Tom Brady is, is, I think, still like we just were talking about what what Breeze brought to the Saints. Tom Brady is absolutely still that, even if he's like his arm strength isn't what it used to be or whatever. I still think he looked pretty damn good late in the season well, last year. His arm um, hasn't
2: fallen off like Drew Breeze, so no. he yeah. knows what to do and can actually make throws.
1: Yeah,
3: he doesn't
2: have the arm strength of us.
3: I think him playing in Tampa Bay is a big reason for that, because his arm did kind of look bad at the end in New England, mm, and yes. there was a reason he was trying to avoid playing in cold weather. In cities, the cold and wind. I think we've seen yeah. why.:
1: Yeah. So I'm going over, and I again, it's just like Tom Brady, he's that guy, man. He's just going to like will this team to wins, and he's like so smart. and, and like Kevin, everything you said he did all that without an off season in a, in a completely new system, completely new language. I'm assuming completely new teammates, um, this year with a full off season to like do what he's going to do. I just look at what the, the absurdity of what he did and what the Patriots did, you know, basically his entire tenure in new England, the 20, last 20 years. And there's a reason for that ridiculous, ridiculous consistency. Now, obviously Belichick is out of the picture, but I think Arians is a good coach too. So, um, I don't know, man. I'm just going with Brady. Uh, it it just seems like unless they have catastrophic injuries, they're still going to be an elite team.
2: Chicago Bears seven point five. I just saw an item that Mitch Trubisky got married. Congratulations! Nice. What a what a momentous occasion for the former Bears quarterback now in Buffalo. Uh, the Bears seven point five. This is a this is a Justin Fields line. And and that's what kind of goes into this. If I was actually betting it, I'd probably if I was betting these, I'd actually probably stay away from the Bears, just not knowing. We we did the over-unders a couple of weeks ago on, on how many starts Justin Fields makes. And I I think everyone is pretty consistent on the idea that, at least in the media, that that September, early October is the time. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into it. Steven Ruiz, 7.5 Chicago Bears.
3: Uh, I'm going to go over. I agree with you. I wouldn't touch this if I was actually betting on it. But I do think that defense... <laughs> and they're kind of getting back to the Vic Fangio way of playing this year with their new defensive coordinator. I think yeah. that gives them a seal, a floor where they're going to win at least seven games. I mean, we've seen this with, even with Mitch the last two years when he wasn't good, they still won like eight games, both of those years, eight, nine games. So I think the the floor is really high with this team. I'm not bullish on them. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. Even if Justin Fields plays a lot of games, although I do like Justin Fields. hmm I still see them winning at least eight games and I think the changes they made to the offense at the end of last year when they made Mitch Trubisky look like a quarterback where we were asking oh are the Bears going to keep him around I think those carry over to this season and they help Justin Fields just uh, make the jump from college and I think he has a fine rookie year if he does play because they do have weapons like Allen Robinson still there Darnell Mooney was really good last year I like Cole Komet the tight end the offensive line is bad but I think they can work around that. I think the Bears win at least eight games.
2: So I think Fields can take over early. I've already spelled this out before, but obviously they start with the Rams. That seems like a Dalton game. Then they have the Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders, and then the Packers on October 17th. I don't think you can have, especially if Aaron Rodgers is playing, I don't think you can make a debut against Aaron Rodgers. I think that's, that's just, a really bad situation to put a young guy into. Um, so I'm thinking sometime in early October, maybe it's the lions. Maybe if, if the fight in Dan Campbell's aren't, aren't don't look great, maybe you put him in there and, and get him a, a, some easy throws and an easy W um, that, that would be what I, I lean towards. I like Matt Nagy as a play caller. I like him. At, we saw what he could do in Kansas city. We saw what he was able to do. I mean, obviously that everyone knows kind of now how the, the, uh, what the the roles were for the development of Mahomes? Uh, he wasn't with Mahomes all the time, but obviously he had a huge say in in how that that whole thing developed in Kansas City. Mike Kafka was was more assigned to Mahomes when Mahomes was a rookie, while Nagy was was with Alex Smith. But you know, one thing I have heard is that that Nagy tends to sweat the small stuff. We've seen that in you know it kind of hits you over the head when he's trying out a million kickers after they they miss a field goal after the double doink but also i've heard with the media and stuff he he kind of argues balls and strikes and i you know I, i i've just heard sometimes that he will get um a little more frazzled than than some other coaches over some some small stuff and so having said that uh that's just the one sort of thing i have heard but I, I I think that he still has the capability to to make quarterbacks better than they should be, and that is why I'm going over. Um, I think he can take a huge step forward as a as a head coach. I think that Justin Fields playing fine would save Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's jobs uh, for kind of you know, a handful of years um, as as we see how his development plays out. So I'm going over. I I, I think they'll go. I think they'll be okay. I agree with you on the defense. There's a floor there. Danny Kelly, seven point five.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going over also I, I was really torn on this one because, you know, I don't know like how there is the question like how consistent can defense be year over year. But I do think that this this defense gives them a chance to, you know, have that floor be competitive. Um, if things go right on offense, they can win some games. And I'm I'm going back to I'm trying to remember really because it, I didn't honestly watch a ton of the Bears because their offense is just so unwatchable. But take this for what it's worth like pff ranked trubisky as a passer his passing grade last year was 54th (laughs) among uh all quarterbacks let's see what uh, according to uh or sorry among qualifying it was like 36th out of 42 potential guys so like it's very difficult to win games when your quarterback can't hit open guys refuses to pull the trigger i i don't want to like be a a naggy defender a defender or whatever but like it's very difficult to win games when your quarterback is like just like missing easy throws and refusing to throw to guys that are open or at least somewhat open and so do i think andy dalton is a big upgrade nobody's i think he is an upgrade over trubisky and then i think that justin fields has potential to be a massive upgrade especially if they use him as a runner and try and open things up that way like their run their offense got a lot better down the stretch and when their run game really started taking off. They had more balance. They weren't leaning entirely on Trubisky to like do everything. I think that like there was some symbiosis there. Like he was like starting to look better when their run game was also opening things up for them. And so, um, I think that they want to be balanced like that. They want to have, um, you know, the ability to not just have to lean on their quarterback to do everything. And I think if Justin Fields comes in and they use him as a runner, they can, you know, utilize him on some read option stuff that will open up the run game because it's just going to, um, you know, create gaps where there weren't gaps last year. So I'm bu- I'm bullish on Fields. I think their offense is just going to look a lot better because their quarterback is going to be much more competent and mm-hmm. they their defense does that floor. So I don't know. I, I'm not like super bullish on this team, but I do think that they're going to be, you know, a solid competitive team again.
2: Steven, if Andy Dalton were on the 2020 Chicago Bears, would they have won more than eight games? Uh, no, I don't think they would have. I think Andy Dalton is an upgrade, though. I think he's an upgrade, but not like it's not the biggest upgrade. Not I've a significant seen. one. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's not. It's, they didn't get Mahomes. By, by the way, can we clip
3: uh, Danny's whole thing on the Bears and send that to Mitch as a wedding gift? <laughs> yeah. It like, wasn't so- on
2: your registry, Mitch, but.
3: Somehow we we're still like roasting Mitch. He's gone. He's off the team. And when we talk about the Bears, we're just spent it roasting Mitch the whole time. He's
2: in Buffalo. What if it works out? My, my, sh- my, yeah. The only way this ends is uh, the Bears trading a second-round pick to get Mitchell Trubisky back. Oh, Jesus. Because he just looks great in week 17. Week it's, like 18. Sa-
3: it's like a sadder Saturn Saturn version of like the Jimmy G back to New England rumors. <laughs> right. Just
2: like right, Much sadder version. Right, you ready for a reunion. Um, okay, Green Bay is off the board, but let's let's talk about this for a second. I don't want to not talk about the Packers. So we're a couple hours away from the match part three. I guess it's the first one with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers not doing a lot of talking about his situation, but if I were to, to handicap this, I would guess he shows up to training camp eventually in place. Um, if Aaron Rodgers does play for the Packers. What would be your guys' I average win total in your mind if you if you simulated a million times, Steven? 12, 13?
3: Uh, I would go with the same as the Bucks line, so eleven and a, yeah, half. 11 and a half. And I would yeah. go over on it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Danny? Yeah. No, I was thinking I was thinking twelve. Like Bacon, a little bit yeah. of regression. The offense efficiency like was absolutely absurd last year. Bacon, a little bit of regression. They're still a twelve plus
2: win team, I think. So from a roster standpoint, if it's Jordan Love for 17 regular season games because they would still have one of the best receivers in football. They'd still have talent on the offensive line. They'd still have, and they do really do have some blue chippers, but it would be I, what I would guess would be league average quarterback play. What would you, what would you theorize there? Steven?
3: Uh, I'd say seven and a half. I think yeah. Rogers matters that much. And like we, when we think about that first question you asked, we just think about the offense. We say, Oh, Rogers there, everything else is going to be fine. And then you just think about what the defense is going to be. But if Rodgers isn't there, I, is the offensive line as good if he's not like making checks at the line, right. checking into the right plays, changing the protections? Is Devontae Adams as good without the best quarterback in the league last year and the MVP putting the ball right where it needs to be? So I think the offense would take a major step back. And I'm not as high on the defense this year as I was last year. They, I think they replaced Mike Patton with Joe Barry, who has never coordinated a top-29 defense in like four years of trying so Jeez. i'm uh yeah i would go under and i would say seven and a half because i don't i don't believe in jordan love or blake Bortles.
2: i want to check something yeah wasn't joe barry the defensive coordinator for the uh, the winless lions i believe he was
3: i think he was yeah i think I he think was on he marinelli's was, yeah. staff yeah
2: tough one I, isn't he <laughs> marinelli's uh son-in-law if i'm not mistaken oh so, yeah i think yeah go. he is yeah. he
3: definitely is 100
2: hmm. uh, percent Danny Kelly, same question. If it's Jordan Love, are we are we out on the twenty twenty one Packers? I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think maybe I'm. No, a honestly, bit...
2: you don't even have to say much more. Okay,
1: yeah. I'm just gonna stick with uh, that answer.
2: Detroit Lions five. We'll start with you, Danny. Uh, I'm going under. I think it's a good, it's a good,
1: it's a good number over under for them because I think that's like if they win five games, like that's. About what I expect, I I would. I have. Are you no trying faith. to push? Are you trying have, to push? No, again? <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying under. I'm saying you know four wins. Okay. I think they're a rebuilding team. I think their roster is uh, really tough right now. Um, offensively, I think they're going to struggle greatly to move the ball. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is a, a good match for a, a, an offense that has a uh, has very little talent at receiver and is still trying to build like an offensive line. I think their offensive line should be better. Clearly um this year than it was last year but uh you know i just don't have a lot of faith in this offense i think the defense is uh you know still trying to put everything together i think it'll be better than it was last year but again it's is gonna be a bad i think it's gonna be a bad team they're rebuilding essentially and i don't have uh high hopes for either side of the ball
2: i, I don't mean to be mean i really don't is there an offense that a match for jared goff because yeah, he was, was just Rams. in the one of the most quarterbacks well right Rams. but we saw the ceiling on that yeah And the ceiling was Sean McVay being like, get this guy out of (laughs) here. For
1: at all costs.
3: At all
2: costs. We'll just overpay. Yeah. Uh, All right, Stephen, Detroit five.
3: I don't think Detroit's going to be the worst team in the league, but I think they're going to be the saddest team in the league (laughs) because of Jared Goff. And like, okay, how they built, like, Anthony Lynn is their offensive coordinator. Does that make any sense with Jared Goff? Like, I can't think of a worse offensive coordinator pairing for Jared Goff. And I, they do have a good offensive line, it seems like, on paper. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball. But my mm-hmm. question is, what happens when that running, like when you're running on first and down every, every drive, and you get stuff, and it's Jared Goff with those wide receivers that I can't even name, and I get paid to write about the NFL. <laughs> yeah. On third and nine?
2: Rashad Perriman. Tyrell Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams. Khalif Raymond. I'm in Ross last, You made up
1: that last person. I I refuse to believe this.
2: Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown is their is their draft pick. Daniel, do we get a quick scouting report on Amon Ross St. Brown?
1: I mean, I think he he could end up being like their top receiver in terms of targets. There, He's a good it. slot. That, that's exactly slot what we mark. needed to know about the twenty twenty one fourth round pick, though. I mean, big strong slot receiver.
2: No, I know. I yeah. I I I think highly of him, but I just think that there's. There's just a lot of question marks. Uh, Steven, does Jared Goff just thought experiment? Does Jared Goff start all 17 games? No,
3: no way. I think he, he taps out himself by like week eight. He's like, even he's I, I, I don't, I don't, like I'll like. i give up my signing bonus or whatever.
2: <laughs> this isn't working. Here. A mutual <laughs> um, uh, unconscious coupling a quarterback. Uh, I'm going under two. I, You know, Steven, it's interesting you said the saddest thing. The saddest team in the league. Because I actually, I think that they're going to play hard and tough. I oh, think yeah. Dan Campbell's a really good coach. And I think that he's hired some really good assistants and I generally kind of what we're talking about some of the other bad teams. I like the the direction the program is on, but I think that Dan Campbell's press conferences because he takes it so hard are going to be just uniquely sad, right? Like I don't think there's going to be a lot of positivity in, in, in week nine when they've won one game. Um, so I, am with you that there's some real sadness potential here. Uh, Vikings 8.5. It's a tough one. Danny Kelly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I think I lean under. Um, it's tough because I I think they have the opportunity, the the chance to be really exciting on offense again. Like Justin Jefferson, um, you know Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. That's a really good trifecta on offense. I think Kirk yeah. Cousins is perennial perennial perennially. I did it perennially uh, underrated, and. You know, did I don't you just think he's... did you
2: just flip your bat? You you pr- pronounced it correctly, and then you did it again, <laughs> just, just so you, just, everyone knew. I'm
1: just walk to first base, yeah, yeah. Stare at the everyone pitcher. knew
2: you can do it now. It's a
1: tough word to say. Uh, it it turns is. Out. Anyway, he, he, every year he's he's underrated. I think I don't know, but I think he's a solid guy. I think in this offense, he he fits really well. He's kind of like the Tannehill style, like. We should probably be higher on it. We should probably give Kirk Cousins more respect. Steven, are you gonna are you disagree? I, I was gonna
3: say this was like the perfect description of Kirk Cousins' career. Like he's he's <laughs> underrated, I think. I don't know. Maybe. No? Well <laughs> yeah, uh, that's keep, Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think their offense could be solid, but again, I think the big question is what are they gonna be on defense? Um and I don't know, like did they get significantly better from last year? Do they get um I still have question marks I guess about like the pass rush situation? You know, the secondary is still a big question mark. Patrick Peterson comes in and has to make a big uh, impact there. I don't know. I'm going under, I think. It's tough. They're right there on the on the cusp.
2: To start to finish, Stephen, just the perfect description of the 2021 Vikings is just saying, I don't know a lot. Not know, as you said, not knowing if her cousins is overrated or underrated, having no clue on that. I I wish I could copy and paste everything you just said, Danny. What's up with Clint Kubiak, by the way? Too like new offensive coordinator. I don't know. I, I, I I'm going under, I guess, but I, I honestly have have no idea. Steven Ruiz.
3: I know it's impossible for them to push because it's eight and a half, but I'm still picking push. Yeah. Yeah, like this is a <laughs> eight, eight and a half. half. They will find a way. That <laughs> includes, <laughs>
2: includes a tie. So yes. Yeah. They could, if they tied, wouldn't it be eight and a half? Yeah. I don't. I don't know how that works. I feel like there'd be a tie in there somewhere.
0: I don't no, actually don't. Yeah, think, I, I don't think
2: that. I don't actually don't think that a tie counts. I think that it's actually pure wins, Um, but it feels like a tie should count for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I just can you tell me about Christian Darosio, Danny?
1: I mean, I think that I think he's a good player. I think he comes in. He's he's a perfect fit for them. They got a great value on him, and he makes that offensive line better. But I don't know if it, it doesn't like solve it certainly doesn't solve anything that have some of the issues they have on defense. I mean, last year, I remember Zimmer was like, I haven't cu- coached a bad defense yet. And like, that was his first one. It was, it was not a good defense. And I just don't know if they've gotten like significantly better during the off season.
2: Does Kellen Mond play a game this year? Start a game this year? No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a dead cap in 2022 of $45 million. If you played for the Rams, that'd be easily movable, but, for other teams. Kirk
3: Cousins is never going to miss a game. Nope. he just like he's going he to will, gonna will it into existence that he's never going to miss a game.
2: But also, he's pretty good. Yeah. I, is. This is a pro-Kirk Cousins podcast. Danny, he's underrated. That's I can't the ruling. Get too, he's underrated. I can't get
3: excited about Kirk Cousins being good. I'm, I'm, the most I can add is, yeah, he's good.
2: Well, the problem is he makes uh, like $30 million a year. And so you can't really be like, man, what an underappreciated guy. Because he's one of the highest-paid players, he make he's on a two-year, sixty-six million-dollar contract.
1: Going back to the PFF grades that I mentioned earlier, so Kirk Cousins last year was eleventh. He ranked eleventh. He tied with mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Same same passing grade as Pe- Dak Prescott last year. He he freaking was good, man. He was like really solid. like in that offense. He's a perfect fit. He's willing to push it downfield. You know, he's willing to give it to his top guys. You know, it, it seems like. You know, things, I I don't know, this thing, if things go really well, this offense could be really good. But again, I just don't know what to expect from the defense. I just don't know. I, I just don't expect them to be a really, you know, they're not going to be an elite team, certainly. And I don't know, you know, what's the over-under again? Eight and a half? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, this is like an eight-win team. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
3: I'm going under. Ooh. And I'm going under because I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury.
2: Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear and it. I'm,
3: I'm someone who believed in King Cliff when he first came in. And I, the things that I believed in, in him for, he's kind of done. Like I thought he was going to fix that run game just with scheme alone. Cause that offensive line was horrible. And that's happened. But my problem with Cliff, when I watched their offense is like, it seems like he doesn't realize that you can get yards beyond the first down marker. Like every play is called just to get enough yards for a first down.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I think that's held Kyler Murray back, which is why like Kyler looks good when you watch him. We're all like, yeah, this is a good quarterback we're watching. But then you look at his stats and they're not as good as you think they should be. And I think that has to do with it. And then he's still running these RPOs where they have bubble screens attached to it, where that just don't work in the NFL. So unless Cliff just totally transforms this offense, over this offseason, I don't see them being much better than they were last year. And I don't think they were that good last year. Uh, what's, the, what's the number? Eight. See, if, if I could pick push, I would pick push here. But Now play yeah, in not the Kelly
2: roll. It's am not going to Yeah, I'm not going yes.
3: to hedge. I'm going under. Seven. They're winning seven okay. games.
2: So there's a couple things here. Number one being, I did not believe in Cliff at the beginning. And then I talked myself into him at the end of year one. And now I've talked myself out of him because I thought that he was on a trajectory that he was not on. I have high hopes for Kyler. I was one of the people who thought that Kyler was going to be MVP candidate last year. Didn't happen. And I think there needs to be a significant step forward because if you're Arizona and you see the talent Kyler has, you think about all the coaches who could unlock that. And obviously, you know, PFF had that study about how he does. I mean, there, listen, there are some disadvantages to, to height. Uh, not having quote-unquote normal NFL height, and he does tend to throw interceptions over the middle of the field, um, which could be uh, perhaps uh, tied to that. But I think in general, he has super-duper star talent. And if they don't take a huge step forward, somebody else should get a chance to unlock uh, Kyler Murray because Cliff ain't it. Danny Kelly?
1: Yeah, I lean under also. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, I think the biggest reason for me is because I think the division is so good. Is really yeah. why I'm I'm leaning Uh-oh. under it. It's
2: a ba- it's a backdoor Seahawks take, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's like the Rams are gonna. I think the Rams are gonna be really tough this year. I think the 49ers are gonna go back to being a really strong team, and, and the Seahawks are a good like team every single year. So I just think it's gonna be tough for the Cardinals uh, with their with that schedule. Um, just looking at the sharp football stat schedule, they have the 24th. They're they're 24th in schedule, so much tougher than average. Um, I don't know. I I basically agree with everything you guys have said about Kyler. Like, he has to make a big jump this year as a passer. He's looked really good as a runner. Like, he did a lot of really cool stuff in the red zone. Um, He helped open up that run game. But, I don't know, we just we still haven't seen, I think, Cliff get the most out of him, really. It almost feels like Cliff has let him down um, the the last couple seasons. And so, I'm just a little bit, uh, I guess, skeptical still about that. And so, that's why I'm leaning under.
2: Steven, do you think that the Cardinals have what could be phrased a good roster? Because I, I don't think much of AJ Green in 2021, but then you look at their defense and they have intriguing pieces. Isaiah Simmons is one of these guys, so I think exists better in in fantasy right now than he or theoretically, rather in our heads um, than he does on the field. Zayvon Collins is a very intriguing draft pick. Um, you know, I, I Chandler Jones is obviously still really good. J.J. Watt? uh is 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 probably a bit uh, in in some facets of this game i think that people have kind of written him off and i still think he'd be a pretty good contributor uh malcolm butler is playing cornerback for them where would you uh where would you put their their roster talent
3: i would say it's like average like i agree with you beyond deandre hopkins the receiving core, i'm not a fan of the receiving core at all the offensive line isn't that good uh like I said I don't think the play calling is that good and then on the defensive yeah. side it's really a bunch of if everything goes right this right. roster could be okay but if everything's not going to go right Malcolm Butler's not going to be 2017 Malcolm Butler JJ Watts not going to turn the clock back 4 years Chandler Jones is coming off a season where he played I think 1 month and only had one sack and mm-hmm. pretty sure he was suspended at one point uh mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't see the defense being much better. And I'm not a huge fan of Vance Joseph. They played a lot of man coverage last year. And I don't know if they're going to try to do that again, but if they do, it's not going to work out. So I, I mean, I don't think the roster is that good. I don't think the coaching staff's that good. Like really all my optimism is based on Kyler Murray and the amazing <laughs> things he could do with that arm.
2: They have a roster that, and I, I'm sure this can be said of 20 rosters, but they in particular have a roster that could be unlocked by elite coaching and they don't have it on either side of the ball. That's the problem. Uh, Rams 10.5. Danny Kelly. Uh, Yeah, I'm going
1: over. I'm going over with this. I think, like I said, the Rams are going to be really good offensively, I believe. I think, you know, with Sean McVay getting a quarterback who can push push the ball downfield, Mm -hmm. make plays, you know, off-platform, second-reaction plays, Um, I think Stafford it's going to be like this perfect sort of marriage Stafford is finally going to be able to get back to where you know we thought he was earlier in his career and McVay is going to be the guy that we thought he was a couple years ago when he was you know coaching golf to these ridiculous uh, heights and and going to the Super Bowl and all that obviously things have kind of fallen off from there but um, I think it's just like this team has a ton of upside on offense a lot of really good skill players defensively they have a couple superstars and I think that they can work around that they've got some really solid guys too there's a big question what the effect of uh Brandon Staley leaving will be on that defense um but I just really think the offense can be so good it's not gonna it, it's gonna make up for any regression you see from the defense so um I'm pretty bullish on the Rams this year I think they could be really good uh, really explosive score a lot of points
2: Stephen ten five.
1: I'm going to go under. I think they take a step back
3: and the 49ers take their place as that second team, along with the Seahawks competing for the uh, division. And I think it's the Brandon Staley thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love the Matthew Stafford deal. I think he just elevates that offense all around. But at the same time, that offense, like Robert Woods showed some signs of decline last year. Cooper Cup has never started 16 games in his career. Andrew Whitworth is like 45 years old. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Like a lot of things could take a step back around Stafford and he could be better than Jared Goff. I expect him to be significantly better than Jared Goff, but the offense could be a little worse. And then I, I, even if Staley was still there, I think the defense would have taken a step back just because that's what defenses do. But they lost John Johnson, who was, he was the one wearing the green dot for them. He was the play caller. He never left the field. That's a big loss. Michael Brocker's, was so important to what they did last year. I don't see how the defense doesn't fall back. And I honestly think they're going to fall out of the top 10. And if they're not one of the better defenses in the league in that division, I don't see them making the playoffs. And I think they're going to have to make the playoffs to win 11 games.
2: They only won 10 games last year and everything went right with the defense. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over. I think that they can be really good. I think that the defense, you know, it's interesting to me, Danny, you made the point about Staley. If there's an old Warren Buffett line. It's basically just like, you know, design anything so that an idiot can can run it, basically. Um, and when you have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, a handful of these guys, you and I could be the defensive coordinators, and we, there's a baseline there, right? We could just <laughs> say, Aaron, just run around and just do your thing, and we're just going to hang out here and and Get a get a pitcher and just watch this, right? Um, the good news is thatre Raheem Morris is far from that. He's a a really good NFL coach. And uh, I think there's a floor with that talent. And I think that Matthew Stafford pushing the ball. We've not seen. Sean McVay running on all cylinders with a quarterback that that he he likes for for lack of a better term, um, uh, the the, he, the the kind of guy he wants, and he's been praising Stafford's intelligence all year. Stephen, you wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, do, give us your take on this. Do you think that a lot of this stuff this summer has been a lot of McVay's comments have been a subtweet of of golf's play?
3: Oh, absolutely. Even if it wasn't intentional, even if he wasn't thinking, oh, I'm gonna uh, you know take a shot at Jared, I think it's just been refreshing for him in the ways that we all thought it would be. And that's really how his relationship with golf went. Like Even when they were producing at a high level in 2018, after that Super Bowl, there were still questions like, is, is Jared Goff worth all this money? Is this, does McVay really like coaching him? And then it turned out like, no, he didn't like coaching him and he wanted him out of there. And now he's got this brain at quarterback. Cause that Stafford hasn't gotten a lot of, a lot of credit for, what he does pre-snap, but he's really one of the better quarterbacks in that situation. And I think it just takes so much off of McVay's plate on game day, where he's just, I, he probably feels like a new coach.
2: I agree. Um, Steven, how many, what, where do you think the Rams would finish in defense if Danny and I were the code DCs?
3: I'd give you guys, I, I would say top 20. Wow.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: Because of Aaron Donald okay. and Ramsey,
2: right? Yeah, no, we would just let them do their thing, right? We would do the Doug Peterson thing with Nick Foles, and just be like, "Tell us what you're comfortable with," and then we just run those five things over and over again. This is the Warren Buffett principle: just let the idiots run it, and we're, we're going to do fine. That's that's less need. That's Sean McVay building a defense like that again. I think. Raheem Morris is a really good coach. I don't know how... Uh, I mean, listen, a lot of the things Brandon Staley was able to do last year, he was able to do because he had Aaron Donald wrecking the game up front and some of those other guys. I mean, I there's just there's just a lot there. I think Brandon Staley is a really good defensive coach. Um, and, but else, and I'll say Raheem this, Morris is a good Raheem
3: Morris was the reason why the Falcons finished 14th in DBOA last year. In yes. Like, when yes. he took over, they were a different defense and they were a good defense at times.
2: I, I would also say, o- overall, with Raheem Morris... I think that his, uh, I guess you could say football journey, education, whatever it's been since he got fired in Tampa Bay, he was uh, the DB's coach after in Washington. But then he was a wide receivers coach for three years with the Falcons. He was the passing game coordinator for a year before that. He was his head coach with the Falcons. I think that when you get that much... Exposure to different sides of the ball. I really do think if Raheem Morris has a really good season as defensive coordinator, I think you're you're going to be looking at him on the uh, on the top of uh, uh, the short list of head coaching candidates next year. That's my that's my early prediction for that. Is I I really do think that he got probably got a chance a little too early. He was the youngest coach in football when he took over. I think I think he's he's really developing into a heck of a coach, and he's only 44 years old, so it's not like he's he's over the hill or anything. Um, all right. Niners, 10-5. Steven, we already got a preview of, of kind of what, how you feel about this team, but let's go with you.
3: I'm going over, and I'm going to take the over on Trey Lance starts at 10. I would, not <laughs> be, I would not be surprised if he's starting by the end of September. I wouldn't be surprised if he was starting week one. I know they're dead set on starting Jimmy Garoppolo, but once they get him on the practice field and realize, and Kyle Shanahan just realizes what he can do in the run game, he's going to have flashbacks mm-hmm. to 2012. And I don't, I think you can put together an offense for Trey Lance that works, even though he is this raw quarterback, you can make that offense work. We saw with the Eagles kind of last year when they put in Jalen Hurts, where I don't think Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, like as a passer was as good as Carson Wentz, but his running ability opened up things for that offense where they could actually win some games they weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I think Lance gives them that, and this is a talented roster. So if they win more games than they're supposed to, I think they win 11 games.
2: I like the phrase. I have to look up who said it. I apologize to to whoever I'm I'm stealing this from. But this is not, Trey Lance is not a scheme fit. It's a scheme expansion for Kyle Shanahan. And they're going to be able to do so many different things um, that they weren't able to before. Uh, Question kind of to follow up with that. If Trey Lance starts 10 games, is Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster in Week 17 or do they try to deal him for whatever they can get? He's a dead cap of 2.8.
3: I think they trade him. Because I think he's he going to be
2: try to, yeah.
3: I, I don't think it's going to be that hard to trade him. It was like yeah. I know the Rams had to give away a lot to get rid of Jared Goff, but I think Garoppolo's reputation is better than Goff's was this past off season, and the numbers are just easier to move.
2: Danny Kelly, Niners
1: ten point yeah. five. I'm going. I'm going over again. I think it like basically agree with everything you guys said of trade Lance helping to open up and, and expand the offense. I think getting everybody healthy is going to be a big deal. I, I was looking at the adjusted games loss thing from uh, football outsiders just now. And they San Francisco ranked number one in adjusted games loss overall. Like obviously they had Kittle miss big portions of the season. Debo Samuel, some of their key guys on offense, uh, obviously quarterback. And then defensively uh, they ranked 32nd. So they they were dead last. Or I guess you could say first in a in adjusted games loss. So their defense was the most injured unit uh in the NFL last year. And they still finished sixth in defensive DVA miraculously. I don't know how that happened, but basically what I'm saying is this defense is gonna be good when they get all their guys back, Nick Bosa back. Um, I think it's gonna be obviously a huge, huge deal for their defensive line. Um, you know, you could see a couple of guys on that defense make a big big leap in year two, like Javon Kinlaw, I think it has a ton of potential there. So this is gonna be a, a good defense. I believe, um, and then the offense could be significantly, significantly better. So this is kind of like a scary team in the NFC West. Um, obviously, people—it's crazy to me that they what, I, what were they the twelfth overall pick or something, and they traded up or tenth or something like that. Um, you know, they they got this opportunity to go get an elite quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, and they, now they could really change like the fortunes of their franchise. So um, yeah, I think I agree with basically everything you guys said. In terms of the run game, Trey Lance opening up the ability to, uh, you know, add him as adding him as a as a runner makes it like eleven on eleven, which has always been a cheat code last like in the last decade or so. And um, Trey Lance is a really good runner, and you know, I think that I trust Shanahan to coach up that scheme and get the guys the ball in space, get Kittle and get Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk uh, opportunities to run after the catch. And yeah, this is just going to be a really tough, physical, hard to beat team.
2: So. I'm gonna go. T- I think ten wins is right for them. I think ten and seven is right for them, uh, especially with the mid-season change of quarterback. I think that that's a playoff team to me. Um, although we, so we still don't know the math. We still don't know the math of what that means. What ten and seven means. But I, it, I, <laughs> I predict them to to make the playoffs in, in a in a seven team NFC playoff. Uh, in the least consequential news of all time, Nikhil Harry has requested a trade. Oh, that will not. Uh, that will not change okay many over-unders i'll say that speak for yourself um yeah we we're actually taking everybody off the board it's like the packers we have to see where Harry harry's gonna go uh seahawks 10 i'll let steven start because as you had to do with the panthers you have to collect your thoughts if we're commenting on your own team because it's so personal uh steven seahawks 10
3: uh, I'm gonna, i didn't even do any research into this because the seahawks like i'm just going on vibes yeah which i feel is like what they do i'm just gonna yeah. say 11 sure 11 sounds right i'm gonna
2: go over that seems right that Russell seems Wilson. right that seems right danny kelly anything other than vibes
1: <laughs> uh yeah no i'm going over also i think that this is like sort of the drumbeat i've been having all off season is people are overreacting to the seahawks's Offensive woes during the second half of this uh, season last year. Like that was the worst we've seen Russell Wilson play in his entire career.
2: Do you think it's possible they overreacted because their quarterback didn't want to play for the team anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do look, you think that may have played into it, Daniel? Yeah, maybe a little
1: bit. I think they did some things, I think that maybe in, in order to appease Russell Wilson, get him more optimistic about this next year. Um, it sounds like he likes the new coordinator, Sh- uh, Shane Waldron, who's bringing yeah. the, offen- uh, the Rams style offense to the team. I don't. So, like, basically, what I'm saying is, I don't think the Seahawks are remotely as bad as they were down the stretch last year offensively. And I think defensively, they're not going to be good or elite, but they'll be middle of the pack probably. And assuming they can stay healthy, and I think that's going to be good enough to make them, again, like a 10, 11 win team. I'm going over just because the Seahawks win like 11 games, it seems like every season. Um, and you know, I don't, are they, they won 12 games last year. I think assuming Russell Wilson stays healthy, this offense is going to be good. And yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Like the Seahawks are just sort of like the most steady team in the NFL outside of maybe the Patriots had been prior to that
2: in the cable Thanos hype video. They have to clip you saying that the Seahawks weren't nearly as remotely bad as they were last year (laughs) on offense hype video. Everybody get,
1: everybody get hyped. We saw the outlier. We saw Russell Wilson throw in ridiculously terrible picks. Like that doesn't happen. That's not part of his like DNA. That hasn't happened in his career. I think we're gonna get back to seeing like the normal Russell Wilson next year. So and that's gonna be good enough to make them a playoff team.
2: I'd like to push, uh, but I can't because I've been making fun of of the pushers the whole the last two episodes. <laughs> um ten seems right to me. Uh, I think I don't know. I'm just gonna go over. Um they've, you know, they they have they're not going to go through the quarterback change like the Niners are. Um, I, I do like the offensive coordinator there, even though he's not, not as good. He's not going to be as good of a play caller as Kyle Shanahan. I just think that there's, I think that they're a little more settled there. Um, and I, I think that there's there's three playoff teams from this division, and uh, I, I I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. Uh, all right, guys. Anything else? Yeah, just one thing to add. Going back to the San Francisco thing,
1: according to what forecasted win totals, San Francisco has. By far the easiest schedule in the NFL. The Seahawks is that have the, sharp,
2: or is that something yeah, else? Yeah, from
1: Sharp Football Stats. Um, so that that could be another like boost for them. And Seahawks are the eighth easiest. So, but, I mean, who knows if that will actually matter as we get into the season? Because like forecasted win totals are always a little bit off. But take that for what you will. Will the Seahawks give Jabba Adams a big extension? That's the question I want to know. Yeah. I don't care about their record. They're going to. They're going to. For better or for worse, probably for worse, it's right? It's the
2: Laramie Tunsil path. It's the Laramie Tunsil path where they traded a bunch of picks for a guy without a contract, and now they have to pay him, or else they wasted all those picks.
1: If you believe if you believe Pete Carroll, uh, he seemed pretty damn certain that they're gonna get it done. Like w- during the offseason when he was interviewed, he was like, Yeah, we're working on it, it's gonna get done. He did not seem remotely mm-hmm. worried about the fact that Adams is asking for like an outrageously high contract for the position that he plays. Um, you know, I think Pete Carroll probably, he, he always has been sort of one to think outside the box and maybe go against what all the analytics would say, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to get, <laughs> yeah,
2: <done>. we've noticed <laughs> yeah
1: in a lot of
3: ways. Uh,
2: yeah, I I'm surprised, uh, that the Pete Carroll seemed optimistic and not bothered by the way, <laughs> just not like him. Out of character. He was, I, I vividly remember. I know I do why this stuck in my brain. I've been thinking about it for years. Where they said he did a sixty minutes interview when he was at USC, and they said, "Why are you always so happy?" And he said, "Because something great is always about to happen." Mm. I
1: was thinking that's about like that. he he still uses that with the Seahawks.
2: He does. Russell, he didn't Russell just give Will, that yeah. to Leslie Stahl or whatever. Oh
1: yeah, he says he always, and Russell Wilson like he parrots that all the time now. Like, gotta believe something, something great's, great's about happen. to happen. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: Is it, though? Is it, though?
1: Russell Wilson becoming
3: Pete Carroll, like, as yeah. he ages, it's going to be a tra- uh, just a great transformation to watch.
2: I mean, it kind of uh, already happened. It happened, like, through, through uh, half of season into his rookie year. Right, Danny? It just morphed into the same person. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Kevin, you asked, is something great about to happen? Like, think about yeah. the incredible, like, this is... Your thing, but think about the incredible number of like crazy, weird Seahawk plays that have happened over like the last X amount of years. They're always their entire like system, their entire team, their program, or whatever, as Pete would put it, is all about buying in, believing, you know, something great's going to happen. We're just like one play away, whatever. Like they all, they're all about grit, like persevering, blah, blah, blah. Like that's why they always play to like the games come down to the last possession literally every week I don't know it's like a big part of their DNA I think it's like they're we're making fun of it we're like joking about it but like Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson like truly truly believe in that stuff and it shows up
2: I wrote a whole story about that and then guess what happened the Seahawks lost <laughs> it doesn't work every time it was supposed to run the day it's not fail proof it was supposed to run the day of the Capitol riots and so we were just like we'll just wait until next week to run this and then they lost <laughs> So coming, coming this August, just publish yeah. it anyway. We should publish it during the capital riots. Um, <laughs> just tweet that out in case you missed it. Um, all right. So that story will run in like two months. It's already done. You're looking forward to that story, Danny. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, all right, Steven, thank you for joining us on your ring Run NFL show debut. You fit right in by trying to push you out pushing Danny <laughs> Kelly.
3: I would have pushed more if you if you invited me on the afc one i would have pushed all 16 teams next year oh
2: my goodness next year we'll just we'll just have it all. we will have you on the best bet show next year you can just come up with a bunch of bets that you can push on um all right that was awesome uh next up on this feed is flying coach i'm not going to say who the guest is because i don't want to let the cat out of the bag but it's the best one that they've done um you're going to want to listen to it. Uh, Thank you to Isaiah Blakely for producing this and additional production by Arjuna Aramkabal. This has been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network.